It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming to you live from Stadium Swim here at the wonderful Circa Casino and Sportsbook. And it's the final post-game show of the year. Man. RK here with my guy Todd Davis and another loss to the Raiders, Todd. I, I just am ready for this streak to end. I think this is getting just as bad as the Chiefs streak. And I think I, I hate the Raiders so much. Um, and... Honestly, never in this time of us losing to them have they been good. I know. That, I think that makes it worse than the Chiefs' streak. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> At least the Chiefs are winning Super Bowls. Like, yes. The Raiders aren't making the playoffs. They don't even know who their next coach will be. Like, they have a lot of issues going on, um, and we still can't find a way to win. It's unbelievable, and it's like, okay, like, oh, we just – Josh Jacobs just has our number, you know, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, you take Josh Jacobs out of the game, we still can't do shit. Yeah. Uh it's it's probably now with the Chiefs streak out of the way, the second most frustrating thing about the Broncos, with the number one being you know uh, what is it now seven straight losing seasons, seven straight losing seasons along with eight straight losses to the Raiders. It's just it hurts, man. It does. I mean, you never want to. I think those two together are pretty sad. Um, and I felt like this was really our shot. I mean, Aiden O'Connell. I don't I don't know if he's our guy moving forward, but it definitely felt like a winnable game. Um, and it just felt like it was time for us to put this ball rolling in the right direction. And we just, you know what I'm saying, we fell short. We fell short. All right, let's go main takeaways here. When you kind of zoom out, your biggest takeaway from this game or even from the situation surrounding it? I just feel like when I watch the game and analyze it, I look at things that Jared Stidham is doing versus Russell Wilson. And I will give Stidham credit because it seems like he's finding the open guy. He just can't make the right pass. Yeah. I feel like his pass is off target, whereas with Russ, it felt like he never saw the open guy and then chose to scramble, take a sack, made bad plays. I feel like... I think Sean's one quarterback away from having a really, really good offense. He just needs the guy that can really put the ball where it needs to go, find the open guy, and make the play. I mean, 
all this season, you've seen, like, what makes Sean Payton Sean Payton, right? Like, guys are open, mm -hmm. you know. Um, today, it was nice to see them hit some of those, you know, deep over routes yep. the, to Brandon Johnson. And it's like, this stuff makes sense. I think last year watching Nathaniel Hackett's offense, I was like, it doesn't make sense to yes, me. Yes. Like, there's so many plays where they're just running directly into the defense, and it, it was hard to watch. This year, it was clear to see that Sean Payton knows what the fuck he's doing. Absolutely. And then w with Russ not being able to see it, and I think you nailed it, like, Stidham, he, you understand why they were a little bit excited about him is because, it's like, he sees it. He yeah. understands it, you know, and he's getting them into the right plays, making lots of checks at the line. He's just not the guy. He's it, not it. No. He's not it. And I think that was my main takeaway from this is no matter what, there's no way in the world you can talk yourself into Jared Stidham being any sort of part of the serious future of the Denver Broncos. Now, he's he's going to be here, yep. and I think he's a, a completely okay backup. Uh -huh. But today he's 20 of 34, 272. One touchdown, one interception. It's pretty close to actually what I said before the game. <laughs> uh, he actually ended up putting up some decent yards, but it, it wasn't there. There's no um, – he's very not dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing about him that you're like, oh, he does this really well. Yep. He throws the deep ball really well or whatever, and uh, it, it makes it obvious. I think it was – it should have been obvious before, but now it's like – Let's not play any games here. Exactly. The quarterback position is the number one priority for the Denver Broncos. I, I agree. And, and like you said, I don't think he's dynamic in any sense of the word. It's all kind of, yeah, that's good. Oh, that was a good play. Oh, maybe you missed a little bit here. It was kind of like this baseline performance where we really need somebody that's going to spike the charts with their ability to make big plays and take our offense from bottom 10th in the league to top 10. I have a couple other takeaways from my experience at Legion Stadium. First time I've ever been there. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to go with the negative. Raiders, the idea of Raiders fans and like what they once were uh -huh. is completely dead. Yeah. Um, it, it, you, like, there was a time when you would not feel comfortable going to a Raiders road game and wearing orange. Yeah, because they were on you. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that, like that wasn't a safe decision for you. Yep. This was cushy, man. Uh, you might as well have walked into, you know, a, a casino. Like, <laughs> they're taking care of you. They're patting you on the back. And to be fair, it made for a really great experience for me. Like, but, you know, I had Raiders fans all around me, of course. And, like, we had, like, fun banter, okay. you know. So we were talking shit back and forth and, like, but in a fun way. I'm like, I kind of miss when I would leave the stadium just being like, man, those motherfuckers, I hate them so much. Uh, this was like, I don't know, it's so cushy. It, may, it almost makes me a little bit sad to be like, when you take this team and you move them to Las Vegas, you took away the identity of the Raiders. For sure. Uh, they're a little bit softer. It's a softer uh, group, I think it is now, because I remember stories of like my dad uh, almost getting in fights for wearing my jersey to Raiders games. Like yeah. they were definitely on you if you had on anything that wasn't Raiders, um, and they come decked out, man. They they know uh, where their allegiance lies, and uh, the black hole used to be a place like nobody really wanted to play. Yeah, I mean everything from the fans to yep. the field conditions, <laughs> to the fact that there was a baseball field on the on the field. Yep. Uh, it was not a friendly place to go. This was pretty friendly. Dang. Pretty friendly. And then the other thing I have to say is I was kind of told that 
you go to a game in Vegas, and this is especially true of the Golden Knights, but I, I was told it was like this for the Raiders. Like, it's almost like going to a Vegas show, uh, right? Everything's very showy, and yeah. there's pyrotechnics. And, like, I don't know if uh, Mark Davis just, like, ran out of the budget for this year. <laughs> but there was nothing. Like, I will say, like, Bone Thugs and Harmony played halftime. That was sick. Uh-huh. Other than that, there was nothing going on. Like, they had, like, a live band that I didn't know who they were. Uh-huh. And, like, they, yeah, I guess they played a couple good songs. But they, I don't know. I expected fireworks and... Uh, flames and different and stuff. Showgirls and like yeah, you expected yeah, exactly. like some big stuff to come out. Yeah, it, yeah. It was it was the same as like going to like a Washington Commanders game. Dang. You know, like there's just nothing special about it. That's sad. I actually still haven't been to Allegiant Stadium yet because um, the, the year they moved, I think, is the year I I went to the Vikings, so I haven't got to experience it. But uh, I hope they get it figured out before I do because I don't want to go see a lackluster performance. <laughs> it was, and, you know. It was lackluster in, a, in every way. How was your experience here? It was great. I had a great time at Circa. Uh, we chilled in the cabana, got to watch a lot of good games. Uh, none of my parlays hit, but nonetheless, we had a good time. We had some drinks. Uh, these screens back here are amazing. Uh, you don't miss a minute of football. And uh, overall, I think it was a great experience. Hell yeah. I, I was going down the escalator, and I saw our guy Cody coming up, rocking his Todd Davis, yes, uh, Color Rush jersey. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> it was a lot of love, and I and I appreciate everybody that came out, man. Like, it was really a great weekend. I had a lot of fun. And uh, all the diehards that came, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for coming out and supporting us again. And speaking of Circa, uh, man, I, I can't say enough about this place, yep. truly. Uh, I said it yesterday, but I'll say it again. They are in the hospitality business, and I don't think that anyone – can match Circa in terms of the hospitality that they have provided us For sure. and everyone this weekend. Um, they, they treated us like family. Uh, I felt like I was at home the entire time I was here. Everything we needed was taken care of. Uh, the food here is amazing. It is good. Uh, the casino is amazing. And I think this is the number one thing that maybe we haven't mentioned enough on this show. Circa Sportsbook is a sports book for sports betters. Yes. Uh, you know, the, every sports book is trying to do this, that, and they're trying to lure you in with this promo or that promo. Like, Circus Sportsbook, their thing is they're going to give you the best odds. Yep. They're going to give you the best prices. And if you're someone who wants to bet a lot and, you, and you're betting consistently, there's absolutely no better place to do it than here or on their app. So, a sure. uh, huge shout out to them, man. I uh, I can't wait to be back here in a couple months or a couple weeks, really, uh, for the Super Bowl. So, if you want to come out here to Circa Sportsbook and Casino, just use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your booking. It's a great deal for a great place here in Circa. So, uh, come hang out and uh, and enjoy all of the great things they have to offer here. And shout out to our friends over at Game Time. I think Game Time is uh, the best app to get tickets, whether it's sporting events, uh, concerts, whatever it is you want to do, I think Game Time will definitely have you covered. I use them all the time to go to Nuggets events. And the great thing about Game Time, um, it's kind of like it's a, it's a little bit of a gamble. The longer you wait, yep. you know, the better the prices get. So if you don't mind, you know, waiting a little bit, you'll definitely, definitely get some good deals over at Game Time. And you use Game Time today, right, I to did. go to the game? That is exactly how I went to the game. And we ended up in the first level, yep. good seats, and uh, got a great price on them. Paid off waiting. Exactly. You can't you can't beat it. And you can take the guesswork out of buying your tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code DMVR for $20, $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DMVR for $20 off. 
All right, Todd, if Zach were here, he would be in a just chipper mood, <laughs> clapping it up, saying perfect scenario for the Broncos. Everything went the way it should have because the Denver Broncos, I believe, came in today with the 14th pick yep. in the draft, and they are going to leave today with the 12th pick in the draft. And not only that, but do you know who's at number 13? Mm, who? The Las Vegas Raiders. Man. So basically whoever won this game was going to fall a position below the other team. Uh, and so the Broncos end up at 12. And I think not only is that notable as we're looking for silver linings here, but look, Aiden O'Connell isn't the guy for them either. Exactly. And I will say he made some throws, man. He, he did a really good job of uh, anticipating routes yep. and putting the ball out where it needs to be. But I don't think they are – deluded enough to say this is our quarterback of the future uh -huh. so they're also going to be in this game and whether you're trying to trade up to you know one with the bears or somewhere else having a pick ahead of the raiders sure. is going to really help you especially when they're trying to call those same teams to make the same deals exactly and i think no matter what i'm happy i hope we get the guy that the Raiders really want. <laughs> like, I hope yeah. 10 years from now, uh, their coach is like, dang, I wanted that guy, and the Broncos stole him. Like, that's what I want. Cause like I, Sean cause, Payton saying he wanted Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> exactly, because that way. Because it feels like in some way we still beat the Raiders at something. Um, it definitely takes the sting out of the loss a lot, um, knowing that we are in much better position. Even though we got to climb higher, we have to do less to get to where we need to get to. Uh, so I don't know. I don't want to say Zach was right. Uh, I don't want to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but I think overall, uh, we'll be in a good position, and you know, come draft time to really make a big splash. He did a good job of uh, managing his expectations so mm -hmm. that he can walk away from today being like, "Yeah, this is what I wanted," <laughs> because uh, I didn't get my Troutman touchdown, man, uh, and I did not get the Broncos money line, which I took. It was like plus one forty-five. It felt like that was a good deal. Yeah. It was not in the end. Um, as it stands right now, and we obviously have Buffalo and Miami playing right now, but I don't think that's going to change any of this. So yep. number one is the Chicago Bears, which they got in the trade from Carolina. How about that trade for the Bears? That's crazy. They trade last year's number one pick for DJ Moore, a first-round pick, another first-round pick, a second-round pick, and that ends up turning into the number one pick one year later. Yeah. Incredible for them. Uh, Commanders, number two. Patriots, number three, uh, Cardinals, number four, Chargers, number five, Giants, number six, Tennessee Titans, number seven, Falcons, number eight, Bears again, number nine, which again, keep an eye on anything involving the Bears. Yep. Ten Jets, 11 Minnesota, 12 Denver Broncos. It didn't work out the best in the top three mm -hmm. unless the Bears decide they want to go with Fields. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what his stats ended up being. I looked at you in the third quarter. He was like eight for nine for 92 yards, which, like, I don't know. You can't really hate on him for that. Yeah. But that might be the, the best case for the Broncos is you're kind of hoping and crossing your fingers that the Bears want to stay with Justin Fields and somehow, some way, you make the best deal out of anyone between 12 and 1 and you can get that and get that number one pick yeah because i think that's our hope right now because as you went down the list i was kind of getting sad because <laughs> everyone needs a quarterback except for uh, chargers the and, chargers and the and the jets and maybe the cardinals i don't know i mean they're in the similar situation as the broncos where yep. they are paying a lot of money to kyler murray but kyler murray is a lot more tradable 
yes. than yes. Russell Wilson. Was. Right now, for sure, for sure. So I just feel like we almost have to make a deal with the Bears because I don't know if anybody else is willing to give up uh, their draft position because they're looking at quarterbacks too. Yeah, this year for the Commanders was kind of their let's find out about Sam Howell year. Yeah. They found out. They found out. <laughs> they found out he's not the guy. Uh, so they're going quarterback. New England, I mean, I'm starting to think because everyone said, oh, this is probably Bill Belichick's last game in New England. Are they not going to ride it out and say, let's see what he does with the top three pick at quarterback? I think they should. I mean, I don't know the full list of head coaches out there, but I don't know anybody that has a better tenure than Bill Belichick that's up for the job yep. for next year. So I don't know. So they'll, they'll go quarterback. They're not going with Bailey Zappi or no. Mac Jones moving forward. Arizona's at four. Even if you're the Broncos and you're saying, okay, well, we could definitely trade up with the Cardinals at four, you're not, you don't want to trade up to four to get the fourth quarterback in the draft, which, yep. whether that's Penix or Daniels or May. Like, that just doesn't feel good. You're yeah. giving up future first-round picks and more to get the fourth best quarterback in the draft. I mean, maybe you think he's number one or whatever, but – this worries me. I, I, I really do feel like it is number one or nothing at yeah. this point. Because, I mean, the fourth quarterback is like when you're getting chosen for handball or, or kickball. Like, <laughs> you're the last guy here. I guess we got to take you, yeah. you know? And so we definitely want the best of the best to come here and be the Broncos quarterback. So I think it's one or done. Not to put you on the spot without giving you much time to think about this, but do you have a ranking in your head of, oh, my God, terrible interception from Josh Allen. Uh, do you have a ranking in your head of the quarterbacks of how you feel about them? Uh, as far as the rookies? Yep. Uh, yeah, we did. We actually did it on the show. I think I was at, I think I was at Penix. Penix? One. One with a bullet. Hands down. All right. Uh, Penix, Jaden Daniels, two. Uh, Caleb Williams, three. Wow. And then who did I have four? Knicks. No. Uh, May. Yeah, Drake May. Okay, May. Yeah, yeah. I mean – I love that. I love that you're going against the grain a little bit. <laughs> uh, but if that's the case, then I think you might potentially be comfortable with going to four. Getting Drake May at four? No, getting Penix at four. I don't know if he falls to four. If he goes out and balls in yeah. this uh, championship game, he'll, he won't be there at four. <sighs> I'm so disappointed that we didn't have the foresight to realize that we should have been at Circa tomorrow yeah. for, the, for the national championship. It's going to be crazy, like, man. Just being in the sports book last night for the Texans game, Texans-Colts, uh -huh. like the Nico Collins touchdown on the first offensive play for the Texans, it was electric in Circa. And I was like, oh, my God. Can you imagine being in here for a championship game? Anyways, um, I think, okay, so if I'm just going through this, let's just say the Bears don't want to trade. Mm -hmm. They're going, I think they would go Caleb Williams number one. I could see Washington going Drake May number two. Uh -huh. New England going Jaden Daniels number three. And Penix being there at four for the Broncos if they wanted to trade up. I mean, it sounds great. I'm rocking with you. If that's, if that's what we're manifesting, if that's yep. what we're going after, I'm rocking with you. But I know there's probably people in the comments right now saying trading up to number four in the draft for a 24-year-old quarterback with two knee surgeries is uh -huh. insane. And I, I would say I understand. I understand anyone who has that takeaway. My only thing would be this. You have to understand and accept that Sean Payton is not here for a long time. He's uh -huh. here for a good time. Exactly. He's trying to come here, do something special, and ride off into the sunset saying, 
okay, it wasn't just Drew Brees. Uh-huh. Because I, I really think that people care about this kind of thing, and I think it's why Bill Belichick is going to take another job. He's not going to retire no. letting everyone say, oh, he was just Tom, Tom Brady. Brady saved you. Yeah. Yes. Um, he, look, Sean Payton has never had to develop a quarterback. Taysom Hill is the closest thing, and we never really found out what Taysom Hill really is as a quarterback. Yep. Sean Payton wants to be able to tell people, I can take a quarterback from scratch uh-huh. and turn them into greatness based on how good my offense is. And so for him, I think he would look at Penix and say, this can work for me. For sure. Um, I, I, I'm not concerned about how he's going to be and how his knees are going to hold up in 2025. Uh-huh. Or 2035 is what I mean. Um, I'm, I'm more concerned about 2025. And so I, I think as Broncos fans, we kind of have to understand that I don't think Sean Payton is thinking about the 10-year plan right now. No. He's thinking about the four-ish year plan yep. and trying to make the Broncos as good as he can during that stretch. And we should probably embrace that. I think so. And I think he said it like even in his press conference talking about the change from Russell Wilson to uh, Jared Stidham. He's like, I'm trying to make a splash. It's all about winning now. Like, I don't think he's trying to, like you said, he's here to win right now. And I think that's, you know, his most important goal. And I think, you know, with Penix, yes, he's had injuries, but for the last two seasons, he's been completely healthy and he's been the best passer in college football. And I think that has to be taken into account. Because everybody's had injuries, but I broke my leg as a young kid. Does that mean I can't play in the NFL? Like, I think that he's gotten past a lot of his prior injuries, and now he's ready to really be the leading man. It is comforting to me that he's been healthy for two straight seasons yep. at Washington. It's not like he's coming off of a tornado. Exactly. Like, we've already seen how he heals from that, and he healed into being the best quarterback in college football this year. I know Jaden Daniels won the Heisman. I like Penix better, and I, I thought too. he had a better season. I thought he should have won the Heisman. Um, it, to me, it was the Christian McCaffrey effect, uh-huh. where it's like he's playing at 8.30 on you know FS1 or something, and all the Heisman voters are asleep already. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm pro Penix, and I, I will say, at some point, uh, I'm going to have to give you credit because you were the first one. I feel like you were the first one that I heard <laughs> say you want Penix to the Broncos, and the more I think about it, the more it makes sense to me. Uh, think, speaking of things that make sense, if you have been hurt, mm. it makes sense to hit up our friends at Bacchus and Shanker. And it doesn't necessarily count if the Broncos hurt you. <laughs> um, but let's say you were at the game today and you ran into a rogue Raiders fan who did hurt you. Bacchus and Shanker might be able to help you out. They have won over a billion dollars for their clients uh, when they have been injured. So make sure you hit up our friends at Bacchus and Shanker. And the best part about Bacchus and Shanker is they don't make you pay a penny to them until they win your case. And they're that confident that they're going to win your case. So hit up Bacchus and Shanker. If you need the sue, smash the two. Two, 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 two. That's Bacchus and Shanker. And uh, shout out to our friends of our Circle K. They have a free membership, very simple app download. We can use the QR code. Just enter your email and phone number to be fully enrolled. And after that, all you need is your phone number uh, to get deals. The first five Phillips of gas are 25 cents off. And if you guys know how gas, how expensive gas is right now, you definitely need this Circle K app. The first five Polar Pops are free. Every sixth is free on several items such as pizza, roller grill, dispensary beverages, donuts, and more. Check out our friends over at Circle K. Uh, get the Inner Circle app on your phone. Download it now. Tell them DMVR sent you. All right, we talked a little bit about Jared Stidham. Um, 
it's just it, it feels like deja vu for me. The Broncos have had so many quarterbacks like this where it's like he's talented, uh-huh. um, but he's not the whole package. You need the whole package. So I don't know how much more. Is there anything, any other Jared Siddham opinions that you wanted to discuss? No, I think we hit it all, man. I think he is, um, like you said, I think he's a good player. I just don't think he's the man. And I think when you think about uh, Pro Bowl, All Pro, and Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, it's a very, very high caliber of player, and there's only a handful of guys that do it. The Super Bowl quarterbacks, it's not a long list. You know, every every year only two get to go, but it's usually the same two or, or a rotation of a few. So we need a guy that's going to come in here and be the man and take us through uh, the mountaintop again because that's where we want to be. All right, here's another player I want to have a conversation about, Javante Williams. Yep. Uh, we were beside ourselves in terms of happiness when we found out that Javante Williams is not only going to be ready this season, uh-huh. he was going to be ready at the beginning of the season. And he deserves so much credit for the way that he attacked his rehab and took a, honestly, what could have been a catastrophic knee injury for yep. his career and did an incredible job to come back this season. But the elephant in the room is that he averaged 3.6 yards per carry this year. Yep. Uh, 208 carries for 742 yards, only two total touchdowns on the season. And so my question to you, Todd, is do the Broncos have their running back? I think between him, Samaje, and Jaleel, I think they have their running back room. I think okay. they have to... Uh, maybe change up the order at times to see who gets the most touches because I think Jaleel right now, uh, even starting next year, should probably be the primary back. And I just, I'm not sure how he'll hold up to the wear and tear of actually being a starting back over, you know, a season. But I think that uh, Javante coming back this year was kind of like revving his engine up. He's trying to get started. He's trying to get going. He wasn't able to get the full throttle yet. Um, he was taking a lot of hits, you know, at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. So I, I don't feel like he had a lot of open open running lanes. Like sometimes if you watch even our defense tonight, there was times that the Raiders had seven yards before they got touched. Yep. You know what I'm saying? There were holes that big, and I just don't feel like he's had those opportunities yet. But when you're coming back from bad injuries like that, it takes time. So I don't think we should move on from him. I think that next year is his year to really be fully back fully healthy he has his whole year to prepare and really be back on track because when you're rehabbing you can't gain strength mm-hmm. you're just trying to get back to like some kind of even keel to where you're comfortable you're not actually at your peak i, I feel sorry for javante mm-hmm. um because he worked so hard to get out there this season only to not be himself yeah. and i can only imagine that that is so frustrating because all you want to do is be out there and play with your guys exactly. and, and go to battle with your brothers. And he did it. He accomplished that only to realize, like, damn, I don't have the same burst. I yeah. don't have the same strength in my legs that I had before. But with that being said, now he gets a lot of time off. Um, I hope that he is able to take this off season to, like you said, get back to getting stronger and maybe even get to a point where he is stronger than he was that rookie season where he impressed us so much. Um, but it's a tough world out there for running back. So, I think you're right. You got to give him another opportunity next year. You also have Jaleel, who is extremely young yep. uh, and gives you another opportunity to stay cheap there. Samaje as well. Um, 
I think you're right. They have the running back room of the future. You're hoping that Javante, though, takes a step forward next year. Definitely. And I, and I can speak a little bit to, like, coming back from injuries or having a messed up shoulder. Like, it's definitely tough when, like, you know, the first couple of years in the league, I can hit you, shed you, and make a tackle. And all of a sudden, it got to the point where, like, I hit you, and I can't, like, <laughs> I can't get you off the same way that I wanted to. So it is definitely a learning process, and I think he'll be able to bounce back. Um, but the running back room is solid. I think, you know, there's other things we need. Definitely, like, maybe one more tight end that's primarily a pass catcher, quarterback, of course. Uh, but I love, I love what we have at, at the running back position moving forward. Here's the other thing. Not a single Bronco skill position player came anywhere near 1,000 yards. Man. When you look at the league leaders in the, in the NFL, it's a bit concerning For sure. to think that the Broncos' number one yard getter this year, taking away quarterbacks, is Cortland Sutton at 770 yards. Man. You've got guys out there with, you know, Tyree Hills touching 2,000 2, receiving yeah. yards. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson way up there. The best players in this league fly by 1,000 in, like, week 12. Justin Jefferson did it in 10 games. Yes. Puka just broke the record for rookie receiving, had almost 1,500 yards. It is incredibly concerning to me that the Broncos didn't get anyone to sniff mm -hmm. 1,000 yards. And w let's go to the people behind them. Jaleel McLaughlin, 404 yards. Uh, Jerry Judy, the second leading receiver, 679 yards. I mean, there are several teams in the NFL who's one and two. Uh -huh. Well, first of all, their one it has more than the one and two of the Broncos combined. Yep. And their, their two is probably higher than the Broncos' number one in these positions. And Todd, <laughs> you know, I don't want to uh, freak everyone out. But it's like the Broncos have so many areas uh -huh. where they have to get better, and quarterback is number one with a bullet. But after that, it's like this, this team needs guys, like people that other teams fear. And they're almost completely devoid of that, in my opinion. I think so. I think part of the reason is I think it still goes back to the quarterback play. I think at times we don't have the quarterback to – or haven't had the quarterback to feature certain guys. Like, even in great games that Cortland Sutton has had, he's not getting 12 to 15 targets like a Devontae Adams might or a, or a Tyreek Hill. Like, he's not getting those same type of opportunities, so he can't put up those yards. Um, and then, you know, our offensive line has struggled, has bounced back. Our running game isn't dominant yet. You know, it's been good at times, but... I mean, even when we played the Lions, both of their running backs have more yards than, you know, our, our starting running back. So I think it takes time to build that. But at the same time, we need a quarterback that can help us facilitate it. And even I think this, the things you see with Stidham, with him checking things at the line, I think that was half of Drew Brees' game was his ability to get to the line. And we have a pass called, okay, I see they're sitting in cover two. I'm, I'm going to run a run right here. Like, that's also going back to the quarterback putting us in good positions to be able to make big splash plays. But, Todd, the Bron the, in 2016, when Trevor Simeon was the Denver Broncos quarterback, both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders went over 1,000 yards that season. Yeah. And it's crazy looking back at that now for me because I was like, oh, yeah, like, that, that makes sense. That's normal. Like, those two guys are so good that, yep. like, it doesn't matter who's with them. They're going to get 1,000 yards. And I think there was some stat out there that they were, like, the only team in the NFL that didn't have a third receiver over 400 yards. Uh -huh. It's like the Broncos did get – three receivers over 400 yards this year. The third one was Samaj P. Ryan, <laughs> the check down king. It's, 
Oh, man, I just I, I, I like Marvin Mims, but he ends the season with 15, uh, sorry, 21 catches. Dang. You know, 361 yards. He had some promising moments, but I think they need to upgrade their explosiveness a lot. I agree. I agree. We need a couple players that can take the ball, you know, catch it at five and take and take it to 25. I think those spark plays, those big plays, um, that's where you get the big yardage and that's where you really change the momentum of the game. Uh, we're just not there yet. So upgrades all around, you know. I think, I think we got a lot of things to upgrade for sure. Finally, I got to give a shout out to a friend of the program, and we, we just love middle linebackers uh, and inside linebackers on this program. Uh, so Alex Singleton, 13 tackles today. Yeah. That gives him the record for most 10 tackle games in a row. Uh, or it was a 10 tackle games in a season. In a season, I think he had most like 10 tackle games in a season yep. by an inside or by anyone. Yep. Uh, so congratulations to him for that, and also sets the single season record for tackles by a Denver Bronco. Uh, I, I just I love the way he approaches the game. Yep. Uh, I love the way he, the energy that he brings on the field, and I'm really really happy for him uh, to get some recognition in the record books. Uh, for what he did this season, which I thought was really, really, really impressive. Absolutely. And I love his story, man. Big Sky guy like myself. Yes, sir. I uh, went to the CFL, uh, then got a shot in the NFL and just has taken full advantage of all his opportunities. Um, and he plays with his hair on fire. If you watch the tape, it's not long before you see Ali Singleton around the ball. If there's a tackle being made, he's somewhere right there trying to make a play and uh, plays with his hair on fire. I really feel like, you know, Josie and Alex are – two of the best linebackers in the league and play really well together. I know it's Josie's contract year, but I hope they do what they need to to bring him back because I think those two guys together, even having them on the pod, they have a good relationship and they have a good uh, chemistry. So I think them playing together has allowed for Alex to be better and even Josie. So uh, shout out to Alex, man. That's a huge accomplishment, man. Uh, you 100% deserve it and you work your ass off. So congrats, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I don't know, man. I think Alex Singleton is underappreciated. For sure. Um, I don't know what people want. Um, like, you know, the Denver Broncos have a, have a proud history at the position. Yep. Uh, and you're part of it. But it feels like the fans always want more. It's uh -huh. like they always, like, Alex Singleton just set the single season tackles record for yep. the Denver Broncos. And people are like, yeah, it's, just, it's not good enough for me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I like, there's only a couple linebackers in the league who are, I think that are doing all the things that they're expecting. You know, it's, sure. it's like Roquan Smith and maybe a few more that are uh, impacting the game in every way. Yeah. But when you can have a guy like Alex who is around the ball on every play, who you can trust him to be disciplined in yep. the gaps that he's in in the run game, um, I think Broncos fans should appreciate him a little bit more. For sure. I think, you know, sometimes we get a little spoiled uh, as fans, um, whether it is uh, Sean Payton turning it around and, you know, being unhappy with one decision he makes. Now the whole thing has been has not been what we wanted. Um, yeah, we definitely got to give Alex more love. And I think, you know, he was another Pro Bowl snub. I think he definitely earned it um, and should have been in the, in the mention. Absolutely. All right. Uh, before we move on, give me a second here. Got to scroll, scroll, scroll. We got to give a shout out to our friends at, we already gave Circle K, so I think we're good. We're yeah, good? Yeah. We're good. All right.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right. Uh, finally, yeah, yeah, we need you to hook us up with some questions from the people. We want to hear from everyone. Last post-game show of the season. Dang, it went by fast. It really did. It's my biggest issue with football season, or just with football. Yeah. It's like, obviously, I'm a college football guy at heart. It's even worse. Yeah. You get 12 games, you, you open your eyes, you're in the season, and it's over. Football's the same, though. Like, I'm always jealous of our Nuggets guys and our Avs guys, like, they get to do, you know, the Nuggets guys last year got to do, like, I don't know, upwards of 80 uh-huh. winner's lounges after games last year. I'm like, even in the best-case scenario, we're getting 13 of those in yep. a whole season. It goes by so fast. All right, yeah, yeah, what do the people have? All right, uh, Super Chat from Exotic Gaming, $5. Sean seems to take multiple shots at BJ in his post-game remarks. Maybe BJ won't be back after all. Sean emphasized time after the time that D wasn't good. Whoa. <laughs> Pause, Sean. Um, I think he'll be back. I think so too. I uh, we didn't hear uh, Sean Payton's post game press conference. Uh-huh. So it'll be interesting to hear from Zach. Obviously, you guys will hear uh, from him tomorrow in terms of what he heard after the game. I always say that twenty four is the number. Uh, if your defense holds them on at twenty four or under, you should expect to win. Over that, you know, it gets a little dicey. They give up twenty seven points today. The defense was not particularly good uh-huh. um, some busted coverages and things like that but I think when you look at this season on the whole you have to look at, at Vance Joseph and say he did an impressive coaching job you know you don't want to see the way things started but for him to be able to go from his back completely against the wall from being fired in week four uh-huh. like a, a real thing that people including me were thinking should maybe happen <laughs> To go from that to turning this team and this defense completely around to being a respectable defense and only being 11 points away from allowing the lowest points in history of the Denver Broncos to their divisional opponents, he deserves a lot of credit. I would be shocked if he gets fired. Yeah, I don't. I think he'll be back next year. I think he's done a great job with this defense. And I feel like when you watch uh, the game, you understand what is a mental mistake and a bad call at the same time like he doesn't have them in bad schemes you know when a player takes a misstep or bites on a coverage like that's completely on that player not on the scheme I think there was only one time in the game I felt like you know maybe it was a a bad call I think it was a third and long they had Jonathan Cooper guarding the inside uh, wide receiver and it was just a quick out and it was an easy completion I feel like that was probably the only time where it was like scheme instead of like you know a player but I think he's doing a great job with this team and you know that was my hot take early in the year that he was going to be back and I definitely think he will Without having the play in front of you, I'm curious what you think happened on the uh, Jacoby Myers touchdown with the fake screen to Devontae Adams where he ended up wide open. Um, uh, Mental mistake. Mental mistake. I think that the corner 
was supposed to come off once once they split like this. He stayed on two, and you see the safety come over to get two. He never came off to get one, and I think that was a problem. That's a hard play to defend. Man. Absolutely. Uh, I think the Broncos scored a touchdown to Cortland Sutton on a similar, if not the same, concept earlier this year. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all the eye candy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. All right, what else we got? Yeah, yeah. All right, John Baker with $5. With cap friendly having $17 million over the cap with only 44 players on the roster, Give me a reason to hope, please. <laughs> the draft. Yep. <laughs> that's our that's our hope. That's our saving grace. Um, we're looking for, uh, I guess you could say, the Messiah in this draft. And that is what we have to hope and hold on to. I mean, it, it, you know, to give you a Vegas reference, you're at the casino and you're essentially got $100 left to your name <laughs> and you're going to a roulette. Yep. You're picking a number. You're throwing down that hundred, and if you hit, you're back to being rich. Exactly. Uh, if you don't, well, you're hitting the rock over. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> night's over. It's. We talked about this on the pregame show. Like the Broncos are not in a good position. It's mm. a scary position. But you look at a team like the Houston Texans. You hit that quarterback. Yep. Everyone looks like a genius. Every player looks better. Yep. The coach is winning coach of the year. It's it's all of that stuff. So. This is a quarterback-rich draft, which lines up well for the Broncos who are looking that way. Um, that is your hope. For sure. And if they get it, it's not only about next year, but it's about the next 10 to 15 years. You're in a much, much better position. Yeah, you go on a run. Uh, you can look at all the great young quarterbacks from even Josh Allen, who's throwing interceptions left and right. But before that, um, you know, he came and changed the culture of this team and took a somewhat good Bills team to, you know, conference championship at the conference championship. Think about Patrick Mahomes and what he did with that organization. Uh, it's a quarterback-driven league. So if you got, you got to have the man uh, calling your plays and running your plays in order to be even in the co competition to make, make a run. Next. All right. Uh, from Brandon Gilchrist, we're out of Super Chats, but there are some good questions in here. Brandon Gilchrist, what's the biggest positive from the season? I'll go. I think uh, <laughs> I think there was some – first of all, the offensive line was better. Yeah. Uh, I think that was encouraging to see after the offensive line had been the main culprit, I think, for a lot of struggles for many years. The Broncos put a lot of money into it. It wasn't perfect, to be sure, but they were better. Uh -huh. And then I think you look at some of the young guy contributions from Jaleel McLaughlin, yep. uh, from uh, Jaquan McMillan, Jaquan McMillan. It's always hard for me to remember. <laughs> uh, there is some some little building blocks and things like that. You know, I talked about needing explosiveness. Uh, maybe Jaleel is that guy moving forward. Um, you certainly had saw that Jaquan can be a turnover machine when he's going. So it's, it's not the most. And then I don't want to steal yours, but I think the last one would be that Sean Payton put together a well-coached football team. For sure. In a lot of games. No one's hitting 100% on their game plans. I was very critical of his game plan after the Detroit game. But more times than not, I left the game feeling like that team was well coached. The game plan was sound. Uh, and, you know, the offense was, was in a position to succeed. Yeah, I feel like Sean had to do a lot of teaching this year. Like, we, had such a, we were in such a bad mental space as, I guess, just a losing organization for so many years. You have to do a lot to turn the tide and, you know, get us back into a winning culture. You got to sit guys down and 
get them to understand the subtle nuances of the two-minute drill or finding ways to execute down in the red zone. Um, I think we needed all of that, so it took time to get to um, – get to being a great team. Uh, but my thing was definitely going to be the young guys. I think uh, no matter what, I think our young guys are playing well. And then also the players that we drafted, uh, shout out to George Payton for, you know, doing some some good. I think he's done well with, you know, the guys he's picked up from Nick Benito to Pat Satan to uh, Jalil. Like you said, I think that we've done a great job getting some young guys. Uh, we just got to continue to have the young guys execute well and have some veteran presence to really lead this team to the finish line. And we didn't even mention the Broncos rookie Pro Bowler, mm -hmm. Marvin Mims. Yep. Uh, you know, we, he didn't get as involved in the offense as we would have liked to see. He did make some big plays on offense. He's also shown himself to be a dynamic re uh, returner. Yep. It, it's exciting. There's a couple exciting things there. Uh, it's going to come down to nailing that quarterback position this offseason. Without a doubt. All right. Super chat from uh, Brandon Herrera. 499. Todd and RK, my guys. Thanks for a great season, DNVR. Oh, appreciate that, man. We'll be back next year for another we're, one. We're not even going anywhere. We'll be back <laughs> tomorrow. Exactly. Um, that's what makes DNVR different. There is no off season for us. Uh, we'll keep it rolling. We can't wait to keep talking Broncos with you guys. We can't wait to go into an off season um, that w could be franchise changing uh -huh. for this team. So uh, it's always fun for us in the off season. A lot of people who listen to this podcast every single day think the off season is the best time for this show. So uh, thank you for riding with us all season, but. We're not stopping. Not at all. All right, from uh, GoTX2, isn't Penix horrible on intermediate throws over the middle? Um, I didn't see that. Did it, you see that? Yeah, Henry has pointed out, I think he completed 55% of those. Uh, I'm not sure if that's over his college career or this season specifically. Um, I, I think that's a circumstantial maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he hits those throws well. I think so, um, too. You know, like that backside dig, when that gets open, he's hitting that. Um, and also, like, 55% isn't where you want to be for sure, but that's not, like, catastrophic by, uh -huh. any, uh, by any measure. Uh, he's uh, His best skill is definitely outside of the numbers, mm -hmm. but I think maybe his all, all you could add to that skill is that he sees the field really well, and I think he's going to be able to hit whatever's open. Yeah, I think he diagnoses uh, defenses really easily. Um, so if that means he's going outside because he sees that, you know, they're sitting in cover two and there's a pocket in between that corner and that safety that he can hit on that sideline, I'm fine with that. I don't feel like there's many flaws in his game. I think he plays football at a really high level. I will say who does hit those middle-of-the-field throws really well, and if he was at any other university, I would be begging for him to come out into the draft this year. It's Shador Sanders, and I think that <laughs> in terms of Sean Payton's offense, he would be such a great fit for it, but... I also think Penix is probably the most Shador-like of any of the quarterbacks coming out. Yeah. If we were one, you were like one year away. Because yep. Shador's coming out next year, right? Yep. Yeah, dang. That would have been dope. He could have come out this year, but we need him, we need him in Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> All right, from Goodwin, what's the discussion about uh, Payton's play calling? You guys kind of talked about it, but we didn't really get Todd's input on that. I think his play calling is good. I think he's had to dial it back for the quarterbacks that he's had. Um, so I think there's definitely more layers to um, his play calling and his playbook um, that I don't, I don't think he's tapped into yet. But overall, I've, I've always felt like he put the guys in a good position to uh, find open receiver, make the quick throw, um, you know. It was, just, it was just on the guys being able to execute. So I think that it was good, but I, I also think it can be a lot better. This is a guy who has about 20 years of elite play calling yep. under his belt. 
I'm not going to take one year and really even, I would say, like, seven, six or seven games where he wasn't great uh -huh. uh, and say that he can't do this anymore. To me, you nailed it. He was a little bit limited by the personnel. It, when he gets his guy, you're going to see what he can really do. For sure. All right, from uh, Brandon Gilchrist. It doesn't seem like our receivers are put in position for Yak. How much of that did we see this year? This also contributes to yards total for wide receivers. Hmm. Uh, I guess they didn't do a lot of the, like, quick stuff with, uh -huh. with blockers out in front of them. But you also saw, like, a, an incredible design today on, like, third and 14 or whatever it was where you have Mims come on the drag. Yep. You have Burton come out of the backfield as, like, a lead blocker for him. Where he gets it, he was set up for a ton of yak there. They got the first down. Um, they obviously had uh, Brandon Johnson get a big uh, run after catch after a, a, an over route. Uh -huh. You had Judy get to the end zone on his over route. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's a, a lack of ability for yards after catch in this offense. No, I don't think so either. And I feel like yak is something that uh, athletes create. Uh, I think it's very, it's, it's tough to kind of scheme up and. Uh, dictate how to put somebody in position to get yak. I think that happens with check downs. I think that happens with crossing routes. But all overall, I think even like guys like Debo Samuel, like that's just him mm -hmm. taking control of the game and, and affecting it positively when he gets all of those yards out of the catch. So I think it's on the, uh, the athletes, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs to create the yards after the catch. All right, uh, last one from John Baker. Do you think George Payton is gone? They said he's safe, right? Yep, yep. I don't, he'll be here through the draft. I'm mm -hmm. confident in that. I, I don't know about after that, but no, I don't think he's gone tomorrow. You know, it's tomorrow's, you know, Black Monday in the mm -hmm. NFL where everyone's, you know, worried about getting Fire fired. Sale. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think you're going to see uh, any big firings from the Broncos tomorrow. Hmm. That's surprising. It's like as, as crazy as this season has been from uh, George is definitely gone, Vance is definitely gone, like for it to get to the end and everybody's kind of calm, all the, all the seats aren't hot anymore, it's, 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 it's funny. It is, and I guess in the end, Russ's seat's the only one that uh, <laughs> overheated. <laughs> um, uh, last one, and it's just from Cody. Shout out to Cody for sticking around to watch the game, uh, the post game live. Uh, I think he's the last one here with us. So just shout out Cody, real quick. Yeah, big shout, shout out to out, Cody. Shout out. Big shout out to everyone who came and hang out with us this weekend. Uh, we had such a blast. Uh, I love this place, Circa. Yep. Um, they showed us, like I said before, unbelievable hospitality. Uh, they're, you know, don't tell anyone else I've said this, but they're one of our, our my favorite partners uh, we've had. They take such incredible care, care of us. And uh, this place is unbelievable. You know, when you tell people you're staying here, especially people who love Vegas, they're yeah. like, oh, man, you guys are staying at Circa? Like, that place is awesome. You can see it in all of our social media posts. So a uh, huge shout-out to Circa, and a uh, shout-out to everyone who joined us on this weekend. Can't wait to do it again. Heck, yeah. And I'll be back, man. I can't wait to come back and enjoy the screens, enjoy the pool. Hopefully it's a little bit warmer, warmer next time. Yeah. Uh, but we'll definitely be back. All right, that is going to wrap it up for us. And that is going to wrap it up for the Denver Broncos season. But like I said, we never go anywhere once the season ends. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Exit interviews tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> potential news coming out. It's a big day tomorrow. And, of course, we'll be here through that, through the draft, yep. through the combine, through the senior bowl, anything you guys want to know. We'll be here all offseason. Thank you to everyone who tuned in this season. And we'll catch you on the flip. The flippity flip.
Take you back.